Not to beat a dead horse by rehashing easily the most recurring topic on this show, but Elon Musk is really, really bad at running Twitter. Mm -hmm. He has taken a social media platform that was doing just fine for over a decade and basically set it on fire alongside the $44 billion that he paid for it. And you would assume that after more than half a year behind the wheel, he'd at least have a better grip on things by now, even if it was entirely just through trial and error. But apparently not. Twitter? is a mess. It's on fire. And in classic Internet Today fashion, his latest bungle happened right as we were on a, a small break for the July 4th holiday. Mm -hmm. And and uh, apparently most other tech journalists, he managed to uh, yeah, managed it, to escape the intense sort of scrutiny he would have gotten on a non-holiday weekend. But oddly enough, his own fans and followers were there to pick up the slack and actually hated him for this. Yeah. Yeah. Even the ones that pay him $8. He finds new ways to disappoint, even as... Literally even as everybody people... disliked that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we're back now, so let's run down exactly what went wrong this time over at Twitter.com. Also, don't act like you don't like it. You love when we make fun of Twitter.com and its very dumb owner, Elon Musk, who paid $44 billion to become the most unlikable person on the planet. Yeah, it's not even a bag fumble. He, he, he spilled the bag into the river. Yeah. That money's gone. Ugh. Uh, we actually still don't know exactly what went wrong, but there are some intriguing theories out there. What we do know is that whatever went wrong behind the scenes at Twitter led to a series of decisions by Elon Musk that were all designed to get people to use Twitter less. A lot of us probably should be using Twitter less, of course, but when you're the owner of Twitter and revenue is way, way down, forcing people to spend less time using Twitter seems to be counterproductive. Yeah, especially when you're measuring, uh, was it user minutes? Yes. <laughs> He's always finding the most fun, he, uh, interesting ways to... Uh, literally inventing it. new metrics yeah. uh, that no one's ever ever used before to hype Sir, up how successful he These is. aren't even quantifiable. Anyway, this all started last Friday when people started noticing that it was no longer possible to see any tweets unless you were signed in. Hmm. Interesting. Concerning, perhaps? Responding to a tweet from Epic Games' Tim Sweeney, Elon explained this change. Several hundred organizations, maybe more, were scraping Twitter data extremely aggressively to the point where it was affecting the real user experience. What should we do to stop that? I'm open to ideas. I love how, like, Tim Sweeney, like, he's definitely, like, on Elon's side with a lot of things, but he's... He's now clearly lost Tim Sweeney. Yeah, he, and, because uh, Elon gets combative for no reason. Even people that are there to theoretically help him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim Sweeney, who is also just running his own name yeah. through the dirt Sucks. recently. I, I much preferred when I didn't know anything about this guy. Yeah. I was kind of on his side with the, the Apple uh, conquest, but um, yeah. not. All I can say is he hasn't ruined Bandcamp yet. But yet. I assume that's coming. Not yet. So yeah, I mean, this scraping explanation, it might be true. We don't really understand a lot of how this works. But it does seem like if hundreds of organizations are scraping up Twitter's data, it wouldn't be too complicated for them to simply continue doing so while signed in. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, whether someone has an account and is signed in would make much of a difference here. But hey, what do we know? Well, what we do know is what happened next on Saturday when Elon tweeted the following. To address extreme levels of data scraping and system manipulation, we've applied the following temporary limits. Verified accounts are limited to reading 6,000 posts per day. Unverified accounts to 600 posts per day. New unverified accounts to 300 a day. 
For the vast majority of Twitter users, this meant they could only view 600 posts per day, which sounds like a lot, but people quickly discovered that it really isn't a lot. Because remember, a view on Twitter includes just scrolling past something. So a lot of people used up their daily Twitter allotment very quickly, with Twitter giving them the message, rate limit exceeded. Please wait a few moments, then try again, once their time was up. But waiting a few moments... Did, did not. Nothing. Did no. nothing. Sadly, no. it didn't help. And it, it just further slammed their servers as people frantically tried to refresh and see what was wrong. Mm -hmm. So not long after Elon's first post about these limits, he updated the limits with higher numbers of posts each type of user could see. And then he did that again a little later on. But the whole thing was all very confusing and suspicious. Some people seemed to be hitting their rate limits very quickly, while others, like me, were able to kind of just scroll throughout the day. I kept waiting for it to happen. You know, looking behind my back, it's coming any second now, but it didn't. No, you've been whitelisted. And uh, Elon's explanation for why this was all happening seemed dubious to a lot of people with actual experience running social media platforms. One theory for what was actually happening was that Twitter hadn't paid its bills for Google Cloud and now no longer had the capacity to handle its usual amount of traffic. Uh, it was recently reported that Twitter CEO Linda Yaccarino had resolved Twitter's unpaid Google bills, but I don't know, maybe not. The timing was just perfect because... It was the it, first of the month. Yeah. So it would make sense like something, they didn't pay the bill on something and they just got cut off. Yeah, but there was reporting, obviously we reported on this weeks ago about how their Google Cloud bill was coming due on June 30th. Yeah. And Google was pretty clear up until Yaccarino said that they had fixed the problem that... They wanted the money that they were owed, yeah. and uh, this happened to time just perfectly with that. So, but, I mean, even if it wasn't Google Cloud, like I'm sure they have a lot of fucking vendors uh, that they haven't paid. Who uh, I, and you know, even if they're not necessarily super important to the Twitter experience, losing them might be catastrophic. Yeah. Now it would be funny enough if this was all a result of Elon Musk's habit of not paying his bills finally coming back to bite him in the ass. But there's an even funnier theory. Web developer Sheldon Chang posted the following to Mastodon. This is hilarious. It appears that Twitter is DDoSing itself. The Twitter home feed's been down for most of this morning. Even though nothing loads, the Twitter website never stops trying and trying. In the first video, notice the error message that I'm being rate limited. Then notice the jiggling scroll bar on the right. The second video shows why it's jiggling. Twitter is firing off about 10 requests a second to itself to try and fetch content that never arrives because Elon's latest genius innovation is to block people from being able to read Twitter without logging in. This likely created some hellish conditions that the engineers never envisioned, and so we get this comedy of errors resulting in the most epic of cell phones, the self-DDoS. Unbelievable. <laughs> it's amateur hour. Self-DDoS is, uh, yeah, that, that is the ultimate self-own. Yeah. Well, let's just fix that... Oh, what have I done? Yeah. I've made the exact thing I was trying to avoid much, much worse. And, like, I don't know really anything about programming, but, yeah, it does seem like something where if you don't necessarily know what you're adding or deleting from the code, it probably could be very easy to create some catastrophic uh, death loop like this, especially if everyone with actual intimate knowledge of how the website runs... Um, was fired like six months ago, and uh, the only people left are people on like green card visas that literally can't quit. And yes, men who love the smell of Elon's farts and say, "Sure, I'll I'll do that. Let's yeah. see what happens." Elon heard "move fast and break things" and said, "Hold my beer." 
Anyway, other programmers were able to replicate that bug as well. And people also discovered a post on the professional networking site Blind, where verified company employees can post anonymously. And the post read, Help! <laughs> Hi, this is embarrassing, but are there any former web engineers who would be willing to help debug an issue? Preferably anyone who worked on Home TL or have extensive knowledge of URT. Please let me know. <laughs> so basically, this was a current Twitter employee asking if any of the thousands of engineers that Elon fired after taking over can help them with an issue that sounds like it could could definitely be related to Twitter maybe DDoSing itself in the exact way that that guy described. Yeah, and so, uh, if you were able to get on Twitter, all you saw was a timeline filled with people just quote tweeting, retweeting, and showing screenshots of Elon fans from November saying, look, he fired all these people and nothing bad happened. Seems to run fine, guys. Who's the business genius now, huh? Yeah. Also, uh, Elon, his original post about the rate limit thing, he's like, oh, this is now the most like uh, highly engaged post in Twitter history. But it's like, yeah, it got like a million quote tweets of people like telling him to kill himself, even his fans. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. But regardless of the causes, one of the biggest effects of this semi-outage was people leaving Twitter because they ran out of posts to look at and going over to Twitter's various competitors to continue looking at posts over there. Blue Sky, former Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey's invite-only decentralized Twitter clone, experienced its own technical issues for a few hours thanks to record-breaking traffic. And other platforms like Mastodon also saw a surge in signups and usage. And Mark Zuckerberg, like the cold-blooded assassin that he is, decided that Twitter's latest turmoil was the perfect opportunity to announce that his Twitter clone, Instagram Threads, would be launching this week. If he can't kill Elon in the ring, he's going to kill him in the App Store. He might do both. So yeah, by the time you see this video, Threads may already be up and running. The official launch date is Thursday, July 6th, and it was even briefly live on the web for a few hours on Wednesday, either as a mistake or to give people a sneak peek at what it looks like. And there was already some content on there to scroll through, since Meta apparently gave it early access to several Instagram power users. So uh, Thursday morning, can't wait. Oh! Okay. Holy shit, is that Mark Zuckerberg's music? Would you look at that? <laughs> Surprise! Yeah, the July 6th, 10 a.m. launch date got pushed forward suddenly to 7 p.m. Eastern on July 5th. So Threads is, in fact, already live. We've both used it. Everyone just delete all the comments you were making five yeah. seconds ago about how these guys are so behind, Threads is already out. Yeah, it's live. And, you know, because fuck it. You got to strike while the iron is hot, and Elon has spent eight months heating up that iron. Uh, right now, we're going to pull up... Uh, I tried this last time, and it, and it works because people got used to it because of the pandemic. Hey, look, it's QR codes. You can follow Elliot on threads and me on threads. You just scan those QR codes, or you go down in the description below. We're going to be over on threads. The Seems pandemic's over. Get these fucking QR codes out of here. No, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Keep them up. You just type, okay. This, okay. type the screen name I have on every social network. Into the, Literally, if you follow me on Instagram, you already follow me. Well, follow us, uh, and we'll see how many posts it'll take us to get us banned from threads. Give me a paper menu, goddammit. <laughs> sure, here you go. It's covered in sticky fucking soda and stuff. Disgusting. Side note, I worked for a company, like, over 10 years ago. It's actually where I met my wife. Uh, a company that was in the burgeoning field of QR codes, mm -hmm. circa, like, 2011. Mm -hmm. And uh, These the things will never catch on. Yeah, at the time I was like, this is, so, this is so stupid. None of this will ever catch on. And boy, was I wrong. I bet they made a lot of money <laughs> during the pandemic. If they didn't shut down before that. No, they, they managed to survive. Wow, good for them. Uh, so what exactly is Threads? Well, 
Like every other Twitter clone, it looks and functions a hell of a lot like Twitter. Unlike the other Twitter clones though, Threads is not invite only, and it is not confusing or time consuming to set up. So they have re completely removed that barrier to entry. Yeah. And it's already blowing up. You don't even need to create an account no, in most cases. You just cases. merge with your Instagram account yeah. and uh, all the people you follow and vice versa. Like clockwork. And uh, like an hour after it launched, Zuckerberg was like, well, we already have uh, 2 million signups. Would you look at that? Hmm. hmm. Pretty cool. Uh, so you literally just download, and this is the dumbest name. I, I, I'm <laughs> assuming that they're going to shorten it after a few weeks because the general public yeah. might be confused by what's going on because they're not terminally online. Mm -hmm. But the, you just download a little app called Threads, an Instagram app. Based on the book Push by Sapphire. That's right. And if, you have, if you have an Instagram account already, you're in. Not only that, you don't have to go looking for all your friends because if you already follow them on Instagram, you follow them on threads unless you opt out. And we were, of course, skeptical of this whole thing, not least because Meta is an evil company. We are not forgetting the damage that they have done to our society and like just, yeah. they, they've ruined so much. A force of evil. But, <laughs> the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> Mark, 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 Mark. <laughs> Elon Musk fucked up Twitter so bad I, yeah. that the entire internet is going, yes, Mark, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Please, evil daddy, <laughs> rain down upon me. Oh, man. But yeah, the feeling of downloading a new social app and having your timeline instantly populated by posts that you want to see is very refreshing. And yeah, as soon as I was like, beep, bop, boop, I'm in. Oh, there's all the people I follow. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter is, toast. is <laughs> fucked. Uh, also, shit. also, uh, unlike Blue Sky, uh, and well, first of all, Mastodon we already claimed would never catch on because it is there's too many steps for the average user. Yeah, Blue Sky easier, but it feels like it's ten or twelve years old. Uh, I like how simple Blue Sky is. is. I just wish there were more people on there. Sure, Threads already has gifs, already has videos. Uh, their multiple picture. Posting is actually very intuitive. It's uh, like a slideshow of pictures. Yeah. It's uh, it's look, it just works. As Tim Apple would say, <laughs> it just works. So yeah, the vibe you get after just a few moments on Threads is that Twitter is so 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 fucked. They are yep. toasted. Yep. It's everything you want on Twitter, but minus all the Elon bullshit. Um, the verification system carries over from Instagram, meaning that you can actually tell if someone is who they say they are and aren't just some dipshit who paid $8 to have their garbage opinions amplified. It's uh, nice. Asterisk. You can now pay for Instagram verification. Well, God damn it. But you, the only, if you pay for it, you have to use your full legal name with your uh -huh. ID uploaded to it. So no one's doing that. And okay. if they are, they actually have to stand by what they say. Okay. Uh, it's a weird kind of catch-22 there. Sorry, Mr. Cat. Turd. Cat <laughs> Turdinson? And yeah, while a good portion of Instagram's users probably aren't going to be interested in threads, Instagram has around 2.3 billion active users compared to Twitter's 200 million. So just 10% of Instagram users have to join threads in order to beat Twitter at its own game, which is a pretty low threshold. Yeah. And like, even if it doesn't get that successful right away, the fact that there's going to be probably a decent amount of people that will switch to just using this instead of Twitter, thus bringing down Twitter's daily active users and making it easier to topple. Yeah, 
I really don't like the current situation. No, this is I, I'm I'm swiping between three almost identical looking apps and feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, um, I did a bit more grass touching this past weekend, but yes, I, I w once I got back, I was like, huh. Well, my ADD brain is not prepared for this. Yeah, I mean, it, interestingly, I'm using all three, obviously, threads for a very short period of time, but I feel like I'm using just that form of social media in general less overall. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because none of the three apps is fully satisfying Yeah. in the way that Twitter once was. Twitter now, when I'm browsing Twitter now, my, my instant reaction is just like, what the fuck? And I open up threads and I'm like, oh, it feels populated with people that I know again mm -hmm. and that are posting more frequently again because Twitter just became a cesspool. Yeah. And it's progressively gotten worse with the replies because of the blue checks appearing on the top of any like wide-ranging conversation. It makes yeah. it unreadable. Yeah. Uh, now, Threads definitely isn't perfect. So far, there's no options for filtering your timeline to only see accounts that you follow or to show posts chronologically. If you use Instagram, you know that they love showing you posts the algorithm thinks that you'll enjoy. And when it comes to pictures and short videos, the algorithm is often correct because they actually know what you like better than you do. But with text posts, it's mostly just annoying. So yeah, yeah it's not the same. Like on Instagram, Instagram knows that I like videos of dogs and I get a daily dose of dog videos. Yeah. I'm not going there to think. I'm not going on Instagram to think. Not even I'm not even going there to read. So it's it's a different sort of algorithmic uh, purpose on a site like Instagram yeah. than a site like Threads or Twitter or whatever. Yeah. Now the amount of ads on Instagram is also excessive. It's ridiculous. And while Threads doesn't seem to be running ads yet, if they follow the Instagram formula, that will also be very annoying. And and yeah, ads are coming. It's just Yeah, absolutely. How are they going to integrate it? And are they going to overdo it? Like Twitter, where every other post is an ad for a yeah, ter terrible product or Bitcoin or some crypto. And uh, yeah, just cash for gold and yeah, boomer ads. And again, this is meta we're talking about. Their intentions are never pure. Yeah. It's also, like on top of them being an evil company, like this is just one of several products. And I could definitely see a scenario where like Threads ends up being good, but they abandon it after a certain point because they're a public company and it's just not really worth it to them financially. Because as we've seen with Twitter, like this format is just inherently not very lucrative. No. So that's one thing that I could see happening is they just like, they, they pull a Google and they're just like, all right, well, the, we had fun. The idea that this costs a fraction of what they were spending on the metaverse though. Yeah. Which was just lighting money on fire. It is hilarious that they, yeah, they spent an entire nation's worth of wealth on a the dumbest, most obviously bad idea possible. And then yeah. they're like, oh, well, let's just copy Twitter. Not only that, billionaires get off on spiting each other. And this yeah. is a very relatively cheap way to completely dunk on Elon yeah. Musk. Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah. But yeah, regardless, between Threads, Blue Sky, Mastodon, and all the rest, uh, anyone who's unhappy with how Twitter is doing has a lot of options. And Twitter is not doing great. 
And honestly, that is sad. Yeah. It, it's sad that a big dumb idiot with more money than sense was able to take a perfectly okay platform that users have spent years on and made it redundant in just seven months. All because he very incorrectly thought that he knew better than the people who've been building and running that platform for over a decade. It's fun to see Elon fail. We love it, don't we folks? But in this case, it's also uh, kind of a bummer. I would have preferred that none of this happened. Yeah, unfortunate the way things are panning out, but uh, you know. If nothing else, you would think that when Twitter inevitably uh, gets sold for parts, uh, people would finally get it through their heads that Elon Musk is not the fucking genius they think he is. But I mean, if you don't, if you don't think that already, like you're you're completely brainwashed, yeah. and there's a lot of fucking people on he Twitter keeps who's showing think, you yeah. exactly why he's bad. So I, I mean, I mean, at least I feel like among the general population, people who previously had no opinion of this guy now skew more negative. Yes, uh, unless they're conservative and you know they don't have a whole lot of famous people on their side, so they'll take what they can get. But I like, so, he's yeah. just bad at business. He's not good. He's an idiot. Yeah. He's killing Twitter. Like, Tesla as a company is ah, on uneven ground for sure. They are not, they are no longer innovating in their car development. They're like five years behind uh, all the major automakers. The one great thing that they've done this year so far that has helped bring their stock back up and, and helped the company in a very significant way is they are slowly but surely opening up their yeah. charging network. Volkswagen just Ford, signed a contract with uh, Yeah, they're, they're partnering with yeah. other automakers to expand uh, the accessibility yeah. of their supercharger. They've got the network. infrastructure, yeah. but yeah, in terms of cars, like, if you're buying an electric car right now, like, Tesla would barely crack, like, the top 10 of your options unless you specifically want the autopilot features. But even all the other cars have shit yeah, like they, that. Yes, like, they do. My car is not electric, but it's like three years old and it it, it has just the basic uh, ADAS uh, cruise control shit and like that's all I'm comfortable with even using. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't want anything more than that. Yeah. Well, it, they all those cars are starting to look dated because it's been years since they've done a design upgrade yeah. outside of the Cybertruck, which they announced how many years ago now? Right. Exactly. And I see so many Rivian trucks on the road. I see so many F-150 Lightnings on yep. the road. Like that that demographic, anyone who is in the market for an electric pickup truck, which I don't think is really that many people. Except they, for like muni mu uh, municipalities. I've seen a lot of like LA uses like the Maverick, which is a hybrid. Mm. Uh, the, the original thing was with the Lightning to do a completely stripped down version for local governments, mm. municipality like... Uh, Stuff like that. They can, you know, you take it to the station every night and charge it overnight. Yeah. And then it's just used throughout the day for whatever job you want in the city. It's, uh, yeah. And Ford already has those contracts with all of the governments anyway. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, we do have more news for you coming right up. But uh, first, we got to let you know this, this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Are you tired of the endless search for the perfect outfit? Well, Stitch Fix is here to help. Using their online platform and personal stylists, you'll have access to a custom wardrobe that fits your style and budget. 
Stitch Fix is the easy way to get clothes that fit you without having to endlessly scroll through options. All you have to do is answer a few questions about where you typically get your clothes from, what you like to wear, and your price range. With your choices in mind and a wide range of sizes available from extra small to triple XL, they'll find your perfect fit and send you clothes handpicked just for you. They've got you covered with over a thousand brands and styles you know and love. And they'll show you how to wear head to toe outfits so you can just get dressed and go. Clothes shopping can be annoying and time consuming, and it's awesome just getting a box of clothes every few months that you can try on and then keep the items you like and send back the items you don't. It's the easiest way to keep your wardrobe refreshed as often as you want or as infrequently as you want. I do it with the seasons. Hey, make me look good for fall, make yeah. me look good for spring. And you can do all that without having to leave the house. And sometimes they send you stuff you never would have picked out at the store that you end up loving. That's I would never shop for myself like this. So it's nice to have someone to do it for me. Yeah. Try Stitch Fix today at stitchfix.com slash newsday and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash newsday for 25% off today. stitchfix.com slash newsday. This episode is also sponsored by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Their stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs fit way better than regular shorts made of stiff, restricting cotton. And their shorts look just like khaki, but thanks to their cloud knit fabric, you get plenty of stretch. So you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice that movement. Bird Dogs also uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long for those those summer months. Yeah. Woo, lad. Get that stank out of here. Yeah. So go to birddogs.com slash newsday or enter promo code newsday for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. Mm. That is birddogs.com slash newsday or promo code newsday for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. They look good. Sorry, babe. The bird dogs stay on. <laughs> Back to the news <laughs> now, though. Uh, with something we figured we were done seeing. But we're hitting all the notes on this episode of Tech News Day. Mm. We're bringing back the classics. All the stars are here. The NFT era has very much come and gone. And while it was happening, the one positive aspect to seeing delusional people buying hideous JPEGs for hundreds of thousands of dollars was the beautiful turns of phrase from these same delusional people, which are forever seared into our minds. First, there was, all my apes gone posted by a distraught bored ape owner after having their wallet hacked. Then there was slurp juice. A lot of y'all still don't get it. Ape holders can use multiple slurp juices on a single ape. So if you have one astro ape and three slurp juices, you can create three new apes. Tonight's slurp juice mint event is essentially a minting event for both lab monkeys and special forces. Why do y'all still don't get it? They don't. Now, what we assumed was the final crypto copy pasta in this trilogy came a few months back. All, I'm completely devastated. My wallet has been completely drained and all my NFTs and ETH gone. My Board Ape Yacht Club, Mutant Ape Yacht Club, Coda, Three Doggos, Board Ape Yacht Club, Land, Nine Rumble Kongs, all gone. <laughs> my Rumble Kongs! All because I wanted to play hashtag Dookie Dash <laughs> on my laptop. See below thread on what happened. But that wasn't the end, apparently. All my Razzlecon's gone. Uh, people still own NFTs. They are pot committed, and they are still posting cringe. Mm. So here's a new one for you. Scrolling through Twitter tonight is absolutely gut-wrenching, and it's not because of the Bored Ape floor price. It's because so many OG apes I've grown with since Mint are getting their apes liquidated via loan protocols. I want to help. We should all be extending hands to help right now. 
We are the world. We are the holders. It, but yeah, the prices, I hadn't been paying attention, but these apes are, uh, they're yeah. fucking worthless now. Yeah, I, the post going around was the Justin Bieber's ape uh, lost like, uh, I don't know, 90% of its value or something like yeah. that. Uh, the big news a couple weeks ago, uh, Eminem sold his ape. Uh, he only sold one of his. Oh, it wasn't okay. his main ape. Oh, he still oh, has that one. oh, thank goodness. Oh, geez. I was about to call the emergency hotline. Yeah. So, okay, this post. Not sure what they're even referring to, and not going to look into it further. All we know is that apes are getting liquidated, and it's a very trying time for the Board Ape Yacht Club community. And and that's a shame. I, I, I think what happened Too is bad. that you could... There were services out there where you could borrow against your apes. Uh, and since, obviously, that money is not going to be repaid yeah. because they... Whoever did it spent it or invested in other very lucrative NFT projects. Uh, you know, Wells Fargo took those apes and now they're in a Wells Fargo bank vault somewhere. Yeah, it's being handled by top men. Yes. <laughs> all my apes liquidated. Yeah, soon you're going to see a Brinks truck robbery with all the apes gone from the Brinks truck. A lot of y'all still don't get it. If you liquidate one ape, yeah. uh, you can use two slurp juices on your OG uh, dookie dash. A lot of you still don't get it. You can take out an equity loan on your board ape at a very small APR of 30%. And all you do is reinvest that money on, in a new a a NFT project yeah. and then quadruple it and then buy your ape back. It's, you know, it's like a pawn shop on online. We love pawn shops. Anyways, everyone should hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Yeah, spare a, spare a thought for the board ape yacht club holders out there. <laughs> but speaking of things that actually are a shame. The New Yorker recently published a long and detailed article about the Ocean Gate Titan submersible, which imploded a few weeks back, killing all five passengers on board as they were making their way down to the wreckage of the Titanic. The article makes a very convincing argument that a disaster like this was absolutely bound to happen, and we highly recommend reading the whole thing, but uh, let's check out a few selections that highlight how fucked up this whole situation was. He wanted me to run his Titanic operation for him, McCallum recalled. At the time, I was the only person he knew who had run commercial expedition trips to Titanic. Stockton's plan was to go a step further and build a vehicle specifically for this multi-passenger expedition. McCallum gave him some advice on marketing and logistics and eventually visited the workshop outside Seattle where he examined the Cyclops One. He was disturbed by what he saw. Everyone was drinking Kool-Aid and saying how cool they were with a Sony PlayStation, he told me. And I said at the time, does Sony know that it's being used for this application? Because, you know, this is not what it was designed for. And now you have the hand controller talking to a Wi-Fi unit, which is talking to a black box, which is talking to the sub's thrusters. There were multiple points of failure. The system ran on Bluetooth, according to Rush, but, McCallum continued, every sub in the world has hardwired controls for a reason. That if the signal drops out, you're not fucked. I saw a lot of people speculating that this was happening, and I thought, not even this guy could be that fucking stupid. Yeah, there's also there's a story in this article about uh, they they put on one of the thrusters backwards and then had to like uh, communicating with the surface had to like figure out how to remap the controls of the PlayStation. No, just uh, like, go into options and put on it on inverted. the fly. They're like, all right, so now like the Y-axis is actually like the Z-axis. So just keep that in mind. Like, oh, okay. Did they at least get to play some Last of Us down there before everything? No. Went I mean, 
they probably felt a lot of the fear that you feel playing. Again, since. they did. I don't think they felt fear. I think they died. Well, instantly. not not the people that died, but the people who were down there when they're like, oh, the thrusters on backwards. Oh, well, that should be an easy fix. Old Butterfingers. Did you try here. putting in the Konami code? <laughs> More from the article. In early 2018, McCallum heard that Lockridge had left Ocean Gate. I'd been keen to pick your brain if you have a few moments, McCallum emailed him. I'm keen to get a handle on exactly how bad things are. I do get reports, but I don't know if they're accurate. Whatever his differences with Rush, McCallum wanted the venture to succeed. The submersible industry is small, and a single disaster could destroy it. But the only way forward without a catastrophic operational failure, which he had been told was certain, he wrote, was for Oceangate to redesign the submersible in coordination with a classification society. Stockton must be gutted, McCallum told Lockridge of his departure. You were the star player, and the only one that gave me a hint of confidence. I think you are going to be even more taken aback when I tell you what's happening, Lockridge replied. He added that he was afraid of retaliation from Rush. We both know he has influence and money but would share his assessment with McCallum in private. That sub is not safe to dive. Do you think the sub could be made safe to dive, or is it a complete lemon? McCallum replied. You will get a lot of support from people in the industry. Everyone is watching and waiting and quietly shitting their pants. It's a lemon. Oh dear, McCallum replied. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. Um, Yikes. Yeah, so here's more from uh, that article about Lockridge. This is the guy that... Uh... The one guy at, at Ocean Gate who knew what the fuck he was doing and was, of course, fired for that. Mm -hmm. On January 18th, 2018, Lockridge studied each major component and found several critical aspects to be defective or unproven. He drafted a detailed report, which has not previously been made public, and attached photographs of the elements of greatest concern. Glue was coming away from the seams of ballast bags, and mounting bolts threatened to rupture them. Both ceiling faces had errant plunge holes and o-ring grooves that deviated from standard design parameters. The exostructure and electrical pods used different metals, which could result in galvanic corrosion when exposed to seawater. The thruster cables posed snagging hazards. The iridium satellite beacon to transmit the submersible's position after surfacing was attached with zip ties. The flooring was highly flammable. The interior vinyl wrapping emitted highly toxic gases upon ignition. To assess the carbon fiber hole, Lockridge examined a small cross-section of material. He found that it had very visible signs of delamination and porosity. It seemed possible that after repeated dives, it would come apart. He shone a light at the sample from behind and photographed beams streaming through splits in the midsection in a disturbing, irregular pattern. The only safe way to dive, Lockridge concluded, was to first carry out a full scan of the hole, which they, of course, said, Shut the fuck up! We're trying to move oh, we do fast full scale and break hole. things. Lockridge's safety concerns were, of course, dismissed by Stockton Rush, resulting in Lockridge leaving Oceangate and then getting sued when he tried to raise his concerns with OSHA. The article does a pretty great job explaining why fiberglass was a terrible choice for material, pointing out that even testing its integrity does irreversible damage. Very, very gradually, the exact opposite of how it works with titanium, which actually gets stronger under repeated pressurization. Oh, yeah, that... Anyways, here's one more snippet from the article that really drives home how insanely doomed this whole operation was. This is right after Lockridge was fired. Soon afterward, Rush asked OceanGate's Director of Finance and Administration whether she'd like to take over as Chief Submersible Pilot. It freaked me out that he would want me to be head pilot since my background is in accounting, she told me. She added that several of the engineers were in their late teens and early 20s and were at one point being paid $15 an hour. 
Without Lockridge around, I could not work for Stockton, she said. I did not trust him. As soon as she was able to line up a new job, she quit. I would consider myself pretty ballsy when it comes to doing things that are dangerous, but that sub is an accident waiting to happen, Lockridge wrote to McCallum two weeks later. There's no way on earth you could have paid me to dive that thing. Of Rush, he added, I don't want to be seen as a tattletale, but I'm so worried he kills himself and others in the quest to boost his ego. Well, we all know how that turned out. And uh, yeah, I don't think we can even show it here, but there was a, someone did an animation of what it may have looked like from the outside. And uh, a couple of blue checks replied, what's that red stuff? Uh, that's what we refer to in the business as... Uh, death juice. Death juice. That's sludge. Yeah. Um, so yeah, every, every new piece of information we learn about this is just like, oh yeah. This oh, is another yeah. problem with these industries is just like the niceties that go along with everything. Like, well, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah. But, uh, and also, people don't want to do that because there's the constant threat of being sued into oblivion. Yeah. So it's in people's best interests for themselves to not bring up issues like this because someone with just simply more money than you can control everything. Yeah. And it's also, it's not like most anyone gave a shit about Titanic submersibles until this all happened. It's a very like niche, it's a niche industry with a niche consumer base. Yeah, but this was like one of the only, if the only one that was like actively marketing as like, hey, yeah. you wanna go down there and see this thing? Because it's probably something that shouldn't be a regular tourist attraction, uh, both morally and uh, putting people at risk in a, in a scenario that's actually fucking dangerous. This article is really good. There's a whole another section in here uh, that I hadn't seen anywhere else. Where um, so uh, OceanGate didn't have customers mm -hmm. because when you have customers, there's liabilities associated with that. Of so uh, what actually like you didn't pay to take. You didn't pay admission. Yeah. You uh, gave a donation uh -huh. to OceanGate, uh, basically a research grant, and then they would uh, hire you uh, uh, free of charge on their their crew as a crew member. Um, so that way, because it's like basically on like cruise ships or whatever, like if a staff member dies, that's bad, but it's way, way worse if a passenger dies yeah. or something happens. So like, yeah, he like figured out all these like legal loopholes with like where he was registering the company and registering the sub too to like minimize liability. I just don't see how anyone worth enough money to ride this thing didn't look at all that and um, change their mind. But I guess they will now. Yeah, I'll be a little more careful at least next time, you know? Yeah. Next time they're signing up for something that uh, humans shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Stay out of the ocean. Not ours. All right, it's been a couple of days, so you've probably already seen our other episodes, and they're outdated by now, but we'll have more coming up for you soon. But if for some reason you do want to watch them, they're going to be over there. But what you should do, because we did take a day off, is like the video. Yeah. Because otherwise we get knocked out of the algorithm, and that's it for us. Yeah. Like, favorite, subscribe, share, uh, 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 thread it, uh, skeet yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, do all those things. Um, thread it. Make sure you're following us on threads and Instagram app. Links below, uh, and leave a comment for engagement, and just make sure you like the video. If you missed out on fireworks this 4th of July, make your own by clicking the like button. Now the videos are up there, and we'll see you soon for more. Bye. Bye.